Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Christina Regal of Lavelle Law is going to be the guest on Chicago's Legal Latte today. And that always means uh, to me an informative and detailed discussion, uh, frequently on a topic related to family law. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And I, you know, I always look forward to visiting with Christina, and, and today is certainly no exception. As a member of the uh, family law practice group at Lavelle Law, uh, Christina is very well versed on, on many aspects of uh, procedures and laws uh, associated with family issues. And today we're going to talk uh, about custody cases. We'll target most of our discussion on the area of sole custody, but as always, try and maybe lay some basic groundwork first to establish a, a better understanding of the broader topic. So we have a lot to do. Let's get to it. Christina, it has been a while, so I'm very glad to talk to you again today. Thank you, Jim. It's good to talk to you. So let's, uh, let's as I said, set the parameters for the discussion. When we When we talk about custody, does the content derive from divorce cases primarily, or are there some other instances that custody might be represented as well? Well, usually we're talking about divorce cases, but there are cases where parties who are unmarried have a, chil- have a child together or children together and then have to settle the matter of custody because both parents want custody of the child. Um, but I, let's, I think what we're typically speaking of are cases of divorce. Okay, and and from some of our previous podcasts, we've we've looked at um, similar topics. And as I recall, uh, and correct me here, uh, custody is is generally negotiated in ag- in agreement between the parties. And and if those talks are not fruitful, then what happens? The judge kind of steps in and and helps solve everything. Right. Well, really what the court will do is an appointed attorney for the child, and an attorney for the child will do will conduct. Uh, his or her own investigation. Um, the attorney for the child be paid for by the mom and the dad, and um, that attorney would conduct its own investigation, um, going to the school, talking to the kids, talking to both parents, seeing the kids interact with mom, seeing the kids interact with dad, uh, talking to friends, teachers, grandparents, that sort of thing, and then make a recommendation to the court that the court will typically follow. And custody is just one part of this. I mean, there's things like visitation and support, but those are other topics. So we're going to talk about custody, and, and let's do that now. Let's let's talk about um, where this starts, and, and really tell me a little bit about some of the different types of custody that might be granted. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I think it's important that people often use the term full custody, and it really doesn't mean anything. I think um, as attorneys, we know what a person's getting at, what a client's getting at when they say they want full custody, but there is no such legal distinction as full custody. There are, um, there's sole custody or joint custody. Those are the two options, essentially, that a parent would have, whether they have sole custody one of the parents would have sole custody or the parents would share joint custody. And what that is is legal custody. And legal custody means which parent, one or both, one in the case of sole, both in the case of joint custody, um, those, which parent makes the decision as decisions as to medical care, religious upbringing, and education. And that those three are the three and pretty much only facets of 
sole custody or joint custody. Separate and apart from that, there's a term residential custody, and that is the the home, that is the parent who lives with the child. And typically, you would find the residential parent being one of the joint custodians or the sole custodian. So the parent with sole legal custody would also have residential custody. Uh, Parents who have joint custody, one of those two will be designated as the residential custodian. And just out of curiosity here, and maybe there's not even a quick answer you can give me, but uh, would it would it be safe to say that most cases end up in joint custody, or is, is that not even a fair assumption to make? Well, um, you know, when we're talking about divorces, I would say that's a pretty fair assumption that people, uh, most people end up with joint custody. When we're talking about all custody cases, you'll find that in a lot of matters where uh, maybe dad was never really in the picture or the baby was out of wedlock. You'll find a lot of parents who have unplanned or, you know, pregnancies outside of a marriage um, will end up with sole custody. They won't be making those decisions together. Um, but in divorce, I'd say it's fairly common, more common than not, that the parents will end up with joint custody. And really what, what people should uh, examine uh, in terms of legal custody, sole versus joint, is whether or not the parents can actually make decisions together regarding things regarding those three things, education, medical care, and religious upbringing. If the parties are both the same religion and they know they're not changing, if the kids go to public schools and the parents already like their doctors, chances are they're not going to argue about education, religious upbringing, and medical care. Um, so those, if they can make those decisions together, that's always the court will always find that to be beneficial for the child. Okay. Well, let's talk about sole custody, as that's our, our primary topic today. Um, you, you've sort of defined the three main things that, that fall into that. So sole custody, again, is is simply one parent having total responsibility in those areas then? That's right. And, and, and so, um, go ahead. Yeah, so what, what does it mean to that parent? I mean, what are the implications? They, they get sole custody. Um, what What exactly are they responsible for then? Just It sounds like just about everything. Yeah, right. I mean, so so really the question is, um, if you choose a new doctor for your child, do you have to consult with the other parent? That is the question. So there are cases, um, and you'll be surprised to hear this, Jim, that not everyone getting a divorce gets along with each other. <laughs> but there are cases that, um, that uh, you know, if a parent wants to enroll a child in a certain religious education class, that the other parent will use that as an opportunity to harass his or her former former spouse, um, or, you know, doctor's appointments become points of contention where both parties show up and argue with each other in front of the doctor and kind of interfere with that process. Um, in a case of sole custody, the one parent is going to be making those educational decisions. It's going to be saying, okay, we're going to take the child out of public school and put him into private school. Okay, we're going to be moving from this pediatrician to a new pediatrician. Or, okay, we're going to have the uh, elective um, tonsil tonsillectomy. Um, <laughs> and in joint custody decisions, those parents would make those decisions together. Um, you know, certainly during a parent's parent, regular parenting time, regardless of who has custody, a parent can make life, uh, li- decisions regarding life-threatening injury or illness, right? So if someone's having it, needs an, an, if a child has a, needs an emergency appendectomy, no one's going to be able to say, oh, well, you should have waited until the sole custodian arrived at the hospital before you made that decision. You, either parent's able to do those sorts of things. And, you know, either parent's able to make minor decisions what time the child should do his or her homework, that sort of thing. But when you're talking about these, the, the three facets of sole custody are religious upbringing, education, and medical care. And 
all the decisions that go along with being a parent would fall on the sole custodian and the parent without um, custody in that case um, wouldn't be making those decisions. Uh, family law is uh, the, the area of concentration on today's podcast. And as you know, uh, each week, for more than 40 years, we, we've set aside a quarter hour here to talk about this specific legal situation or issue. And some affect individuals, others are business-centric, and sometimes the topic is both. Today, uh, Attorney Christina Regal of the LaBelle Law is here. We're talking about sole custody, and um, we're getting a you know good, quick update here. Now, when 15 minutes isn't enough, as frequently happens, I encourage you to visit LavelleLaw.com. You can find more information about each practice group as, as well as dozens and dozens of articles on many of the same topics we cover here on the podcast. And you'll find uh, any podcast. You know, we've had over 125,000 listens on these podcasts over the last few years. So we save them all. You can go back anytime on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or LavelleLaw.com uh, to kind of go through those. Uh, benefit to you as a listener to know that uh, those are always there and, and they're good recaps of various topics. Now, speaking of benefits, Christina, as we get back to the conversation, is there a benefit uh, to the child or maybe even to the parents to know that there's a sole custody situation and that decisions are going to be made in a certain way uh, time after time? Well, the benefit being that it really can stop the arguing. If two parents can't communicate enough to make these types of basic decisions together about education, medical, and religion, um, then really they shouldn't make the decisions together if they, if they can't cooperate enough to do that. So that can be the benefit is that it, what doesn't allow every issue that faces a child during um, you know, his or her childhood to be an opportunity for argument. And so those are the benefits. Um, and uh, at the same time, it really, um, sole custody can really take away the other parents' rights to weigh in on these things. And, um, and you know, a lot of parents want to be involved. Um, they want to know, they, they want to be involved in medical decisions. They want to be involved in educational decisions. Um, and, you know, that that can be something that by giving up sole custody, um, you may not be able to weigh in on those things. Yeah, and that's not, that certainly sounds like the downside here. Now, let's, let's talk about that scenario yeah. if we can quickly. If, if, if it, you know, they start in a sole custody situation, everyone thinks that's the right thing, and eventually the one parent who doesn't have custody decides, you know, they, they feel left out, or even the parent with sole custody decides it's more than they can handle. Can, can this be changed? Is there a process to go back and, and change the ruling? Yes. Uh, Custody determinations can be changed after two years. But statutorily, they are they set are set in place for two years, barring some kind of kind of emergency circumstances or um, it's what's called an endangerment, substantial endangerment. So, if a parent has sole custody and um, starts behaving very erratically and really can't make decisions, then the court rules that their behavior is such an endangerment that they shouldn't have those sole custody rights anymore. The two-year waiting period isn't required, uh, barring those extreme circumstances, the court will leave sole custody or joint custody determination in place for two years. And when you have the opportunity to talk to clients in a, in a divorce situation, let's say, you, you've, today you've talked about benefits, you've talked about the downside, you've talked about responsibilities. Obviously, you're always trying to do what's best for the client you represent. How do you approach the custody situation in terms of whether or not sole custody is is the right scenario for each individual? Well, um, I, I counsel it. I, I recommend it in only the most extreme circumstances. Um, really, the the 
the court has a public policy that says joint custody and both parents being involved to the maximum extent is best. Um, but when the parties cannot get along or one when parent thwarts the parenting efforts of the other, um, you know, sole custody, the notion, the legal distinction can be fleeting if one parent refuses to allow the other parent to participate in decisions and um, doctor's appointments, you know, conferences, that sort of thing. Um, so when when one parent is thwarting the other, um, it really, you know, sole custody might not mean much on paper when it um, when it um, really doesn't translate to real life. Um, that's the, really the only circumstance in which I would counsel it. Other than that, um, in terms of someone giving up their sole custody rights um, or their joint custody rights. In, um, you know, in terms of my clients, um, I represent a lot of women who, um, who you know, are victims of domestic violence. And in those types of cases, I really counsel them to keep on pushing for sole custody because, you know, I don't want, to, I don't want doctor's appointments, parent-teacher conferences, you know, religious events to be opportunities for abuse. And, um, and so those are, those are the ways that it can be beneficial. And just to clarify one more time here, when we're talking about sole custody, it, you've described the three main conditions there that uh, that are uh, covered, but it doesn't preclude visitation or the child having time with the other parent. Oh, absolutely not. No, it really bases, it's only those decisions. And, you know, parents can divide up their parenting time as the court sees fit or as they see fit. Um, you know, a child could see a parent, you know, five days a week, seven days a week, and a parent still may not have um, any custody rights in terms of decision-making. Um, in terms of uh, residential custody and visitation, those matters are separate. The only thing that you wouldn't see is one parent having sole custody and the other parent having residential custody. You wouldn't see that. Okay. Well, we've... Uh... Uh, Christina Rigo does such an outstanding job when she's here, so I want to thank her for, for being with us. Um, we do need to wrap up. We'll invite her back again. And, again, uh, LavelleLaw.com uh, Lavelle is the place to stop, and you'll find some articles by Christina and some of the other attorneys there. 847-705-7555 is the number you can call. You'll always speak to an attorney on the first call anytime during business hours. So uh, feel free to avail yourself of that. And, of course, always come back and visit with us each week. And when you can't, uh, check the archives at LavelleLaw.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.